0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin, Josh. The Hounds picked up three massive points in Hartford, and now get ready for their last midweek game of the season. But first, the right. victory, victory beverage. Josh, what are we having this evening, my friend? Uh, sour monkey. Sour monkey. It's a sour beer. I like sour. Oh, hold on, hold on wait, 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 wait. Hold on, real quick. Kev, if you had to guess what Sour Monkey tastes well, he like. Just, oh, well, I was going to say, say it's, it's sour, sour but it's called Sour Monkey. Why the um, monkey? Probably, okay,
1: where do monkeys reside? <clears throat> I don't know where they reside. I'm <laughs> thinking
2: way <laughs> too far into this, guys. It's it's called Sour Monkey because one of uh, Victory's other like kind of famous beers is the Golden Monkey. So it's kind of like a play on that is what I gather. Uh, because I remember Golden Monkey was like huge, uh, one of their bigger beers for a while. So this is mm. the Sour Monkey. But
0: good, mm. it's good. I like good. sour beers.
2: I'm like I've been really into sour beers like this year for some reason.
0: It's it's good. It's a little disappointing. Like now it makes me wonder like if I were ever With to the, name the beer or the beer. year <laughs> the name like the name like People I want
2: more meaning behind that. Name. I want. I'm sure there is. Like I haven't yeah. read the, like the the cue card for about this. Like I don't know if there's like some you know. Kind of like the, the equivalent of a uh, a Crest uh, explainer uh, graphic, but for beer. I'm sure they have
0: those. Yeah. Maybe we'll have like a competition so you can come up with the best beer name. But like you'd have to have the, like we'd have to have like a beer tasting and then a competition for the name. I'm thinking way too much about Play. this. Okay, yeah. And, and we've, we've overspent over the, <laughs> the victory donation for this, so we should just move on. Kev, what uh, what's new with you?
1: Uh, oh, parents visited. Um, oh yeah, that's right. So got to see them. It was their first trip since the pandemic started, which I for some reason didn't know. Uh, so they made the trip time in Pittsburgh, Knoxville, and it was it was good. It was good to see them. Mainly just hung out in their Airbnb and drank and ate. So that was that was pretty nice. But uh, very hot in Knoxville. We tried to go out and see a a bird park, but it, it a birding park at eleven thirty in the afternoon with ninety-one degree heat is uh, is not not the best idea, but we tried anyway. But yeah, it was good.
2: So, are you implying that you're the favorite brother out of the of the two of you that moved away? Like they picked
1: to go to see you before. <laughs> I love I love
0: of- how he added of the brother that moved away, like not including I mean, yeah, me in that like
1: category. So yeah, they Kev. can see. <laughs> the other brother sees them like all the time, so okay. like he just comes in from from Pittsburgh. Not all the time, but he oh, so he actually yeah. visits, unlike you. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I was yeah. going to say Jason is in like, like on the, once a quarter. I, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I am the lowest on the totem pole. That is that is no question. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh,
0: I will say this: you say that it's like super hot in Knoxville right now. Are you wearing a jacket? I it,
1: honestly, it's just because like. Okay, so it's like seventy-five degrees, and our we have the AC at seventy-five degrees. It's just been a long day, and I just want to feel comfy, you know. Like oh. I just want to just want feel comforted, and so
0: <laughs> is that is that
1: your comforted
0: move, the like Carl Krauser, like yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, some little It's a, a deep cut for for those of you pit fans. Um, okay, well, good. Yeah, I got a phone call today. The parents made it home safely, so thanks for. Making sure they make it home safe. For all those listeners that care about the update. That's right. <laughs> the, we've, <laughs> That's like, we've literally narrowed the scope of people who are enjoying what we're talking about to one person, and he's not listening because it's our other brother. So, like, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, Josh, it looked like you and Liz were maybe making the rounds and sampling some of the uh, finer goods at local establishments this weekend.
2: Yeah, so we went to Millville to check out two breweries and when you're in Millville you have to go to The Attic, a uh, record shop. So, we also went to The Attic, but uh yeah, we went to Grist House, which I like I've had Grist House beer and I like their beer, but I've never been to uh the brewery itself and they just have like a giant giant open uh space for people. And it's like a dog like dog friendly. They have, you know, lawn games there, lots of like benches and tables outside it was pretty cool and we got there like right when they opened so it was empty so it was kind of nice to be like this wow this place is huge and all to us uh then after that we went to strange root uh which is the other brewery down there and it was cool But strange root i think is a much more small brewery like it feels much more quaint and small uh they had country music playing, so it was automatically a negative score. But <laughs> <laughs> the beer was good, though. Uh, so yeah,
1: it was it was a fun time. And I got brewery. a lot of
2: stuff at uh,
1: the attic, a lot of records. That was the brewery equivalent of saying like, you know, the home is cozy. Or like it's it's cozy, right? Like you always say that. I was like, when it's small, like oh, it's just it's cozy. Yeah, you know it, what i'm saying it, it just...
2: was small but it was still nice <laughs> the aroused stickers was also it was a negative because anytime i go to a brewery i like to get a sticker pack so that way i can put it on the cooler uh the tailgating cooler
0: you're like country music no stickers that's that's two strikes man one more and you're not getting mentioned on the pod so they had a
2: bean burger though so that was cool i actually could eat there which was nice so a positive there and their beer was good so there you go it evened out
1: Mike, you look like you're uh, scrambling for something.
0: Sorry, I was because uh, uh, my phone started ringing, but I couldn't see where I put it. So, like, I heard it. And so I was just like looking all over for it. It's probably going to ring professionalism again.
1: Professionalism is what you get from That's the Mongols right. podcast. That's not about professionalism.
0: Hey, listen, this is a call that I really should take. So that just sort of shows you my level of commitment at this point as I keep <laughs> looking down at my phone. Let's move on. Hey, guys, the hell's got. Three massive points against Hartford this weekend. Um, raise your hand if you thought it wasn't going to happen. Uh, 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 yeah, okay. it, it, yeah. Two out of three it, hands up in the air. Kev, tell us why you actually thought the Hounds were going to pull out this win.
1: Well, it all depends. Like before the
0: game, I thought we were. No, no, no. During the, game. I'm talking <laughs> during the game, come on. Oh,
1: okay. No, for sure. Yes. Then
0: my hand would have been up too. I just didn't really understand the question. <laughs> okay. So I guess in terms of takeaways, first of all, we're still having. I, I posted it on Twitter to all of the like popular stats people in the USL, and no one has gotten back to me. Is that the fastest pen in USL history? It was like. 14 seconds 17 seconds something like that when dixon got dragged down i mean that was insane it was a pen for sure but you know dixon who got two pens for us in this game one of which we converted hartford also got a pen um I, well, I, I, it was nuts this game this game was kind of nuts it had a little bit of everything josh give me give me a takeaway here
2: i mean first of all to set the scene uh i don't know if people saw on the socials but uh we had a watch party the steel army did uh so it's our first watch party since all of the things of the world that's been going on so it's been a long time we had a watch party at bulldog pub in morningside and it was kind of just happenstance because like we had a couple TVs and he's like and Jesse the the owner is like yeah you guys can have the sound and then it kind of just happened that we got more and more people coming in and sitting at the bar so he like started switching more and more TVs to the hounds until by the time the game started all five TVs were on the hounds and everyone there was either a hounds fan or the like locals who didn't really care about what was going on at first but then once the cheering started and all the like the oohs and ahs of watching the game they got into it And so it just became a situation where the whole bar was just watching the hounds play. And like, every time we like, like the first pin got them going right away. It was just like action from the get go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. It, It was definitely a new atmosphere for us because usually when we had watch parties in the past, we would be in a private room. So the only people in that room are people who already are hounds fans. This was one of the first situations where it's like, you no, know, we're just we're in the pub, we're in the bar proper, and it's just like we're watching the game with everyone else. So that was kind of a fun experience. Uh, but yeah, so that setting the stage there, <laughs> Uh the penalties from first viewing, watching the replays, I felt like almost all of them were kind of soft, a little bit. Like that first one, I can understand it being a PK. It was still like okay it's it's a pk but it's not like i felt indignant about the you know the way it went down
0: it was more like oh great somebody just gave us a gift like yes yeah Yeah,
2: yeah. i I wasn't gonna question i'm like all right cool it's pk yeah exactly Uh,
0: the red card pk
2: later on in the game i was like yeah i don't know that feels that feels kind of harsh a red card like i know if it's a if it's a foul it has to be a red card because it would be denying a goal scoring oppor- a clear goal scoring opportunity but it's, he was
0: he was the last man to, yes yeah, that was yeah like leader.
2: i yeah. logistically i understand why that is a red but it felt really harsh to get a red and get a pk in that situation when it was kind of like a softer foul in my opinion again not gonna question it <laughs> it's not like i'm like oh, i don't know guys <laughs> It's like nope cool um but I am happy our game winner came off of. I know it was a corner kick, but it was still like run a play type feel like situation because it was a rebound after the corner was taken. So, yeah. It, yeah. But yeah. So the 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 PKs, all of them felt kind of soft to me, and I don't even understand their PK. Like
0: <laughs> I, I was it, gonna say, no yeah, no
2: clue. It felt like he felt bad that he gave us two, and he's like, oh, I'll give them one. Like yeah. Although I don't think that. Works out for the
0: the order they went in, but still, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it theirs was definitely soft. Um, I don't, Kev, you you were sort of nodding your head. Do you have anything to add to the whole three PKs in one game conversation?
1: Uh, I mean, other other than just for having three PKs for a five goal game where a winner comes in the ninetieth minute wasn't a like it wasn't a great game (laughs) like it wasn't it was really weird to say that because it had all the ingredients of everything but it was probably the worst game to have in in that scenario i don't think either team played particularly well actually i'll retract that i think hartford played pretty well with 10 men um not pretty well like very well um yeah if i'm hartford i mean i I think we got away with one a bit here i think i i think when when we went down to 10 or when they went down to 10 i didn't look like it i mean like but we didn't we didn't control the game um it felt like they were getting more of the possession Mm -hmm. and it honestly felt like just everything was still even it felt like you know every time hartford would counter they would counter with like you know two guys against our three defenders Every time we would counter, we'd be countering with like two guys against our three defenders. I'm like, where's the main advantage? It's just we weren't we weren't connecting passes. We weren't playing well at all. The 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 silver lining around all of this is to say, you know, amid all of that, we still won away from home against a good team. So like, that that alone is great. Three points, great. I'm all I'm all really happy with that. But uh, but yeah, we didn't we didn't play particularly well. Hartford did. I mean the atmosphere in hartford was great um the i mean yeah their their pen was ridiculous i i, I mean i'm kind of jumping all over the place here but it's never a pen um <laughs> i think i i think both are like our penalties are but yeah the whole red card double jeopardy thing just, i i don't i don't know the rules around it it's funny i mean like all of us watch so much soccer and con- you know commentate so much on soccer I've never like read rules. I just like I go off of like what, what the commentators to and announcers say and my understanding of the game. Um, so yeah, it's weird game, uh, for everything, you know, it was, it was simultaneously the most drama filled best game you can hope for and
0: the worst game I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um... I, you know, I feel bad for Dixon, who like lined up to uh, take the pen and then missed it. Now he did get, you know, a goal later in the game, which like that's awesome because I still feel like, you know, Dixon is one of, has been one of our best players down the stretch here, uh, especially during this whole condensed period. Um, might be one of the best players of the season. The stats might not completely reflect that, but the way he's been contributing um, has just been awesome. So, guys, that's I have really weird. Yeah. I'm still not, you know, convinced. I I was really happy with uh, Ezra. I thought Ezra played really, really well, made things happen. Ezra, he, Armstrong. Ezra Armstrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ezra, who basically uh, led to uh, the second goal, I believe it was. And then he was subbed off for judge and like, Still don't know. This is like queuing up Laura Allen to just go crazy on how much she doesn't like Judge.
1: Well, also what, the 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 context of it, right? Because Armstrong didn't start. Ar- Armstrong came right. on as a sub, I forget when, but he came on as a sub yeah, and played 20 minutes. Looked pretty promising and then was subbed off. I, I mean, it, it didn't look like it was an injury. The only thing I can think of as far as tacti- tacti- tactically, was judges a bit of a bigger body and if at the end of the game you're just throwing balls into the box getting corners getting set pieces whatever the height advantage helps but that just feels very tactically weird i don't know i mean so yeah that was weird i thought the armstrong thing was really weird
2: I mean, it worked and we won. So, like, I I don't know. I'm not saying it's because of that, but I'm (laughs) saying we still won. Like, I don't. I, I, it's hard for me to be like, ah, tactically, I don't know if that was a correct decision. Blah blah. Because we we got the result, and therefore, all is forgiven.
0: (laughs) Guys, i i have a I have a quiz here for you. We're gonna see if you guys can figure out the answer to this. Kev, your eyes just got really big. For those of you who are listening live, you guys can uh, try to guess as well. So here we go. What? Do these players have in common Stephen Dos Santos, Robbie Mertz, Cristiano Francois, and Tyler Pasher? And beyond the fact that they all used to be hounds. What do Stephen Dos Santos, Robbie Mertz, Cristiano Francois, and Tyler Pasher all have in common? Is, is it something with, like, the number of goals they scored in the first season? Or
1: something? No, that doesn't make sense.
0: You're close. Really?
1: You're I'm getting aware. there. No. I gosh, got, nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. I something can... get...
0: No, not, not, something, not anything against Hartford. Ready? Yeah. None of them individually have more goals this season than Russell Ciceroni has in the past two games. <laughs> Russell Cicerone has five goals in the past two games, and none of those players for their respective teams have more than five goals for the entire season. So for those of you who are like, ah, you know, Cicerone's okay, or like Dixon's okay, when you compare them to some of the players that were like, oh, we lost those guys. Like, we did lose those guys, but like, they're not... Contributing yeah, at the that same quiz level. feels
1: very cherry picked. I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: that's, that's okay.
2: All right, that's fair, I guess. I, I don't know, but yeah, going to to Cicerone and Dixon, like hands down MVPs, best players that we could have signed. Like they are saving our butts a lot. Like I, I and they're they're great players, and I'm so happy we have them. And I really want to make sure we keep them for another season at least. Like come on. <laughs>
0: I, this sort of gets to a point that uh, Adam Marks just shared in our chat on YouTube. Thanks, Adam. He said, in July, Haji Barry signed an extension with the switchbacks through 2023. Should the Hounds, who've had trouble keeping talent, try to extend beyond extend players beyond the single additional option year, and would they? So historically, the Hounds have signed players for... Oh, thanks, Adam, again, for the question. Historically, the Hounds have signed players for a one-season deal with an option for the following year. And then basically after that year, they become free agents and the Hounds will either try to re-sign them again or, you know, do a whole like year plus another option. They've done this with Kenny, but most players have been here Jewish years and then they go. What are your guys' thoughts on trying to lock down somebody like, you know, Cicerone mid season? considering that that's not something that Lily has done before. And we, you know, I just ran through that list of players that if I told you in the season they were in, like, they're going to go, you'd be like, no! (laughs) How do you feel about these midseason deals?
2: I mean, technically, both those players, uh, Cicerone and Dixon, have options for 2022. So it's a one-year deal with an option for 2022. We pick up their options, obviously, for 2022. I guess if the question is, do we try to keep them for even longer?
0: Yeah. So so do (sighs) we try to sign them for 2022 now with an option for 23?
2: I mean, I think that'd be smart, but I think it's also going to be a situation where we're going to run into what we always run into, which is, are they going to ask for a pay increase? And is Bob going to deem them worthy of said pay increase? Because they're probably going to be able to get that pay increase if they go somewhere else. Cause another coach is going to value them for that pay increase. But especially, especially
0: right now. I mean, that's, with Cicerone, I mean, with, you know, five goals in the past two games, like, is this the time to do it? I think that's partly the, the
1: question's point though, is if, okay, let's say we like, we as fans, we're all now just seeing Cicerone and Dixon's, you know, intrinsic value, right? Whereas Bob seeing them in practice, knowing their ceiling, knows that when he's signing them and knows that in in preseason training camp. By by kind of making it a 2-year deal with an option for a third year, you're kind of locking in a contract salary for that player for that time period. So there's no worry. I in my opinion, the longer contract only like it only ensures some kind of you know and it, it, it gives you more like room to say like not, like look you, you sign this contract we're not going to give you this salary bump because like you're locked in for 3 years or whatever. And so I think that's the only reason really to do it is for some kind of financial do
0: it situation. if you're the hounds or the player
1: the hounds. Yeah. Um but all of that it's it's re- it's a really it's a good question it's really complicated. I mean because I think l- there's already, I mean, yeah, that that alone, that motion, I think triggers triggers this kind of turning point change, and just the entire like financial player structure of the USL of this club. I mean, look, I mean, Mertz goes because we have this ethos of like we don't want to stand in his way, right. like in. You know what i forget his name but that center back we signed him preseason and we let him go because like we didn't want to stand in his way right that was part of the so like we accept that we're this level of club that it's like you know what come like it's fine come here if you play well and if you if you push us to higher grounds we'll benefit from that you'll benefit from that if you want to get your move to an mls club or a you know great. You won't stand in your way. Fine. We're that, where that like, we're a path of, and some, in some degree, almost every USL team is, but, but by doing this, you're kind of taking a step away from that and saying like, all right, like we're, we're going to commit to you, but, and that could also bite you in the butt. Right. I mean, like how we're playing this year, in my opinion, is the style of play is very different than, than what we played last year. So let's say you, you do that. Let, I, I, people might argue with this, but let's say, do, you know, Dos Santos arguably does not play well in the system. Dos Santos doesn't play well along, alongside Ciceroni and, and Dixon. If we sign if we sign Dos Santos's contract for for three years, I mean, you know,
0: that's that's literally committing to a system for three years. Yeah, which are we mean, playing I to do. Probably
1: not. I, I mean, it's so much of it is just constant turnover and just being able to set up a system with whoever becomes available. It, it's, I think, it's really complicated. I think it's it's not as easy as like. They're good, so let's sign them more. I mean, I th- yeah, it has knock on effects to a lot of different parts of the club.
2: Yeah, and also with that is like Cicerone, twenty six years old striker. Like you know, I don't think he's getting an MLS contract. I I, I don't. So it, he's not going to lead to the MLS. So therefore, if his ceiling right now is USL, we should sign him for longer if we can. But to counter that is, why would he do it? Like, we, we have to be able to give him something he can't get somewhere else. I mean, there is the argument that he is playing well. He's, you know, th- there's also just the fact that, like, hey, you've been living here for a while now. Like, do you want to up and move, uh, you know, next year if you don't have to? And there's the assurance that you have a job by having, like, a steady a contract that goes more than one year, so therefore you're not scrambling every year worrying about if you're going to be able to make a living playing soccer. So it's a situation where I do think there are positives for the players. And I I know the narrative is that, you know, Bob kind of lowballs these players a lot. But at the same time, if I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit here, is with, not even devil's advocate, just trying to see his point of view of it, is he knows that he can make another player what Cicerone is in his system. And he's shown it time and time again. And the last time we had a situation where we played a, or we uh, signed a player for a very long time, I think was Chevy. And that was a situation where I think it was with Dave Brandt. When he Mm -hmm. was coach, he signed him for like four years or something like that, like right out of college. And then he ended up playing for like a season before, that all went the crap and it fell through and just kind of like he doesn't play now. So like it's, yeah. we've been burned in this situation before. Um, but I do think if we want to actually win the playoffs, we do need a team that is more than just good through the regular season, but also able to connect and be, you know, cohesive like we've seen Louisville. So yeah. it's a lot to take in consideration.
0: I mean the only the only player that has outlasted there's two players that have outlasted the like two year limit it seems for the Hounds has been Kenny Forbes and Jordan Dover and Dover has missed the majority of the season with an injury. Kenny has been with us all four years that Lily has been here. Was that, so, con- that wasn't their contract. No, 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 was that wasn't the contract. It was just yeah. But I think that you know if 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 you know, given Lily the option of saying, you know, we're going to have Kenny Forbes retire here, he'd probably say great. Um, because we know, I mean, Jordan came on the show and told us how much <laughs> Coach loves Kenny and makes it clear. But, like, I'm wondering how much of that is more a function of the position that Kenny plays and he could play in any system versus something like a striker, which could be very, uh, your output can be very conditional upon the system that you're playing in. Um, And so you're better off having that flexibility to bring in somebody else if you really want to, whereas somebody in a midfield-ish position that can play either holding or attacking, you're going to need regardless of the style that you play. So therefore, you sort of hold on to players like that. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Griffin at the end of the season, honestly, because like this is his option year. And so what happens next season? Do we let him go? la like Ryan James, which is another one that I thought would have been like, oh, yeah, he could play anywhere. He sticks around, but he went to to Birmingham for money. So
2: do you guys remember the movie rounders? I don't know if this is a too deep of a cut rounders in that movie. It's like a poker movie. Uh, Matt Damon's in it. But in in that movie, a rounder is a a person who just kind of is like playing poker with the grind. Like he's not trying to make it big or small. Like he's just day in and day out, the players just constantly just like rounding it out and always getting better than the average. Therefore they're making a living, but not exactly like trying to blow up and become super rich. I feel like Lily loves rounders. Like like he loves people who are just going to show up, do good, but not necessarily, you know, blow everyone's minds up. And he, he, those are his like bread and butter players, like, like Forbes. And, And we've had those type of players here. Like I would say, you know, anyone who's been here for like multiple years and they retired here uh Kevin Kerr like they they they're they're good players and not like I'm saying they're bad it's just they're not trying to like wheel and deal and climb the corporate ladder if you will but in soccer like they're they're just in and out and like that's why they're here <laughs> they're they're making that paycheck and they're doing their job well and i do we just have to be resigned to know that like that's the kind of players that we're going to see stay here And then Lily's going to sign young players who he can mold, or at least players that he sees that would fit his system. And they're going to come and go as they will, because he's always going to be able to find the next player that will do that for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I just think the finances are really hard and, and especially coming off a year. I mean, this is a cop out answer because we're assuming that it's, this is a this conversation is being taken place in a vacuum, which is not, but um, you know, coming off of COVID, do you really want to lock in a contract for for three years? Probably not. You know, you don't know what your finances are going to look like in a year. To have that flexibility of saying, you know, we really need to cut back, and you know, we can only sign players at this level or something.
0: Yeah. Real quick, uh, thanks to Ciceroni's you know, five goals in the last two games. He you now has thirteen goals on the season, tied for second in the USL. Um, His next goal will tie him with Corey Herzog for sixth on the team's list for a single regular season for legals only. And two more goals ties him at third uh, with uh, Jose Angulo and Nico Brett. So once again, like those are names that were like, oh, yeah, those guys were ripping it up. I feel like Cicerone sort of like creeped in on that, like ripping it up thing. I mean, I know he's been doing really well, but I feel like there's more supporting players around him that – you know, we probably definitely didn't have a Nico Brett. Like it was like if Nico wasn't scoring, we weren't scoring. And so the fact that Cicerone's doing it with some you know other guys around him is really good.
1: I'll, I'll hedge my bets a little bit here and just say Cicerone is the best
0: attacking hounds player I've ever watched. I was going to say we have we got ten games left. I think the odds of him getting sixteen and passing all of those players by are pretty good. That's that's three more goals in the past ten in the next ten games.
2: I I will say I want to know what their goals per game averages are because Mm -hmm. in the past we've had smaller seasons, shorter seasons. So therefore, like, is a, you know, a Robbie Vincent actually better if you look at goals per game than – Cicerone when he's playing more games, so what Robbie Vincent was playing. So like that's kind of a my only caveat. Like I I do think Cicerone is one of the best strikers we've ever had, like one of the best goal scorers we've ever had. But I don't know if in the grand scheme of things, if you're looking at that stat, if he is actually the best we've ever had or yeah. going to be the best we've ever had.
0: Agreed. So the Hounds get the three points. Uh, if we look at the table briefly, it looks like. Hounds still in second place, tied, won 40 40 points with Tampa. But Tampa has two more games in hand that uh, that they have yet to play. So there's a chance that they can surpass those 40 points. Guys, it's starting to look like a breakaway with the top three teams. You have Miami at 37 um, with a game in hand on us. You have us at 40, you have Tampa at 40, and then you have Charleston at 28. So I think the odds of the battery catching us are probably low considering that Really, we got these two games this week, and then we are done with midweek games for the rest of the season. We just focus on one game on the weekend, where a lot of these teams are not in that scenario. Obviously, Battery three games back on us right now, um, but you know by this by the end of this week, they might be four games back on us. I'd have to look at their at their schedule. So, very interesting that uh, it could come down to us and the Florida teams battling out for the top spot in the Atlantic Division. Um, any thoughts on the table, guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's a situation where I'm definitely thinking, you know, we're battling for first or second, and I'm uh, it. Neither one of them feels all that. Com- I mean, I don't feel confident about either one of those. Like, yeah, f- first place with Tampa having games in hand on us, it's it's kind of like I don't know. It's it doesn't feel. I'm not that confident about that. Second place feels pretty good, but. They're creeping up. I mean, it's it's going to be a battle. Like, we can't let off the gas. It's definitely going to be a situation where, if we have a, a bad run anywhere in here, that could really mess it up for us. And we are not going to have the first home playoff game, which yeah. sucks. Okay. Really want first place or second place.
0: I will say, in three of our last five games of the season, we're going to play Miami twice and Tampa once. So, like, huge. those are going to be some huge, yeah. <laughs> huge games. I mean, that's what? A 12-point swing? If yeah. if in Miami's case, where it's like we could get six and they get none. Like that's huge. So yeah, man. Those even though you know we aren't gonna have any midweek games, those last few games are gonna be just massive. Watching down to the end. Um but it all starts this week, guys. We got two games, as I mentioned. Uh we face New York at home this Wednesday night, and then we are traveling to San Antonio on Saturday. So starting with the New York game, New York are in a bit of a skid. They have not won since July 7th, and they are on a six-game losing streak that started with us when we beat them 3-1 to on July 23rd at MSU Park. Um, And historically, we have won five straight against New York. So, you know, if I put the the number at two and a half, is anybody taking the under at this point or – do We just think that we're taking it. No, I think we win.
2: I think we should win that one. It is a midweek game, though, so it is something to keep in mind. Uh, you know, after a hard fought game with Hartford, uh, but
1: I think we win that. Like I, I, I would bet on the Hounds. How do you how how do you both feel about our squad depth right now?
0: Seeing players like judge for the past few weeks makes me a little bit nervous it makes me wonder if we I, don't, won- I don't
1: get the whole judge hate i think judge is fine i i think he's i we haven't seen i feel like I, we haven't seen enough of him to make a legitimate kind of
0: call on him but- uh, I, I think we have but um <laughs> but I, I it also makes me wonder whether or not we would see him if we weren't in this crazy stretch of however many games like nine games in a month or whatever it is that we're on so you know, if, if if we're saying that we are actually using three subs and, you know, it's the Williamson, Velarde, and somebody else, you know, Dover still isn't officially back yet because he hasn't had time to actually train with the team. It could be, you know, you're bringing on Williamson, Velarde, and Rivera. Like, that feels like three pretty good subs. Um, subs four and five, who really knows um depends on the position but Kev. since i mean you asked the question how do you feel about it i like it i mean
1: i i've i've been i've been getting more and more confident with our kind of fringe players um i mean i think at the beginning of the season perez starts as a fringe squad player and now i'm very mm-hmm. happy to see him start you know if he, if he starts any of the games um i mean wharton has been I think rock solid, uh, he, he goes through stretches where he's, you know, a bit more effective and, and a bit less effective, but, um, you know, now that we yeah, we essentially have three center backs and then like Cicerone at top and then just throw literally reach in a bag and pull out six players and just throw them in there. It, it, that's what it feels like. And, and I, I feel good about the combination of all of them. I think the other thing is, I mean, Williamson in particular, I mean, he's what, he's a lone player, right? Like we're, yep to to be a lone player um who's not starting every week who's who's coming off and you know as a sub with 15 20 minutes in a game i mean to me he still has the right attitude when he comes on he looks aggressive and hungry and um you know he's he's you're not going to look that great when you're next to Ciceronian Dixon um but but i i don't know i really like our squad depth uh and, and the options that we have um that and, and they've been needed I think in the stretch, obviously with all the midweek games
2: I mean it could be better I mean <laughs> not as optimistic as, as Kevin in the situation and especially with the injuries we have Dequa we have Dover gat Robinson now as well as on the injury list so it's I don't know like it, it's a lot of injuries and i I do feel like we have the depth for some great subs but like if we're talking about rotation squad rotation, I don't know if I would consider having great subs, the same as having a depth for like two different squads coming in and out of the game, like playing every other game or anything like that. It's a couple of great subs and that's about it. I feel like at least, Uh, but it's been working. So it's, it's hard to be too negative. Now, obviously we did have a little bit of a run of bad games there for a little bit, but it could have been all a lot worse. So, not really complaining.
0: I mean, essentially, you know, Josh, you just listed a bunch of guys who are hurt. If we had said at the start of the season that we would have stretches without some of those guys, I think we'd be like, well, we're, we're ho-. in previous seasons. We'd be like, we're host So like the fact that the team has been able to play on through that just makes you wonder what they could do. If some of those guys were still around and not hurt. So, you know, if we said we'd be this far into the season and Dover really wouldn't have played or Dequa has been missing for the past few games, um even williams uh like i just yeah i mean we're 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 carrying on um i know this was a stretch that lily was really worried about um he said as much and and brought it up as the point of discussion (laughs) in his last uh in his last call so um if we make it through this and have only dropped a few points like i think mission accomplished guys but uh yeah, what really counts now is these next 10 games and how we do down the stretch heading heading towards the playoffs. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, when we head to San Antonio on Saturday, yeah, it's outside of our division, but those points still count. So just to sort of give you a little bit of an idea of who San Antonio are, uh, obviously haven't watched really any San Antonio. They are currently fourth in the Mountain Division on 27 points. So if you're trying to compare them to some team that we've seen, uh, you know Hartford, Battery, Charlotte are all right around that 27 point mark. So they're not going to be pushovers. They're not Loudon, um, but they're going to be a team that's trying to get points because they're trying to stay above the playoff line as well. So um, if you average it out per game, I think they're they're they've played two less games than we have. So they basically. Have one and a half points per game. We have one point eight points per game, um, which you know statistically I don't think means a ton for most people. But uh, if you're interested in sort of a preview of that game, Kevin is going to be joining our buddy Harry on Friday on the SA Soccer Roundtable to help break down the game. So Kevin will bring the uh, the the, the Riverhounds uh, stats inside of things, and Harry will bring the San Antonio side of things, and we'll just sort of see how it all shakes out prior to the game on Saturday.
1: Um, I'll bring opinions. <laughs> I don't know about stats. Uh, uh, I
0: forgot. Stats that implies work. That's right. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring my uh, feelings <laughs> and reflections
1: on the hounds.
2: And this is a situation that really makes it so hard with the way the divisions are set up right now. Because, like, yeah, they're, you know, in fourth right now in the Mountain Division. But, like, I don't know the Mountain Division. I don't know how good they are. I don't know how these teams would stack up against our division. Like, fourth place in an easy division, that's they're terrible fourth place in a really hard division. That's great. Like, I don't know if this is a great division. <laughs> like I, it, it's just super hard to figure out. And I just, I don't know what to expect with San Antonio. It, it's yeah, it's, it's all wishy-washy right now, as far as like being able to compare their stats with ours or anything like that.
0: Yeah. I, it's something where, you know, the, the people who are sort of in the know um, seem to to feel that the Atlantic division uh, is like the division Uh, at this point they sort of you know loosely referred to as the division of death Um, so you know if you keep that in context if we if we are battling for the top spot in the division of death then you would hope that you know maybe san antonio is a step maybe below hartford or charlotte but who really knows we won't know till we take take the field on saturday
2: That's a crazy thought, by the way, because like Central Division has Louisville, Birmingham, Indy 11. Like I would have thought that was the division of death, like at the beginning of the season, like looking at the way they stacked up. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a really rough division. We kind of got, you know, we still have Tampa Bay and like they're they're a great team. But like other than that, I wasn't really thinking our division was all that hard. But yeah, so
0: that's kind of nice little surprise. Yeah, I mean, when when Indy's losing six to two to uh, <laughs> Atlanta, too, it's kind of like what what happened over in Indy. I think that's that's one of the big. I don't. I, I guess I'll say regrets of this season is that you know we've become so accustomed to watching Louisville and watching Indy and sort of hating them while we see them that like I almost missed seeing a little bit more of them so that we can hate on them even more. But that's just kind of the way it is. I mean, Louisville who. Everyone expects to be super dominant, has the same number of points as we do. So like it's not yes, they played two less games or in the same boat as Tampa, but like we're right there with them. Indy's on 26 points. Like they wouldn't even be above the line in our division at this point. So
2: I still yeah. hate Indy. I still hate oh, you. For sure. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: for sure. For sure. Um all right. Well, I, I, we've done this the past few games, so we'll do over/under of these two games. We'll set it at uh, four and a half.
1: I knew you were gonna say four and a half. So, t- so two wins. That's what you're two saying. Two wins. Yeah, that's what Are we gonna There's win? There's not games? a
0: lot of options here, Kev. Like, you want me to set it at two and a half? Like, does that How make you feel three? more comfortable? <laughs> three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Is that the same thing. Like we have. Well, like, I guess it's a win, a, a win and a draw. Yeah, so a like, win and a draw. Yeah. It's a win and a draw. All right, Kev, we'll make it three and a half. Are you taking the over or the under on three and a half? Thank you. I'll take the over on three and a half, please. <laughs> so would
1: you take the over on four and a half? No, because I just feel like I'm never going to bet on two wins. two wins, one being an away game, far away game that I have no idea about.
0: Okay, so you'll take you'll take a win and a draw, Josh. Especially
1: after our performance against a ten man Hartford. For 60 uh, that's true,
0: yeah, Josh. To you be take fair, me.
1: to be fair, ten
2: men has been our kryptonite. Anytime <laughs> the Hounds play a team that has a red card, we have never been good like the last couple of seasons. So it's it's expected. That's yeah, like is, it, is this
1: yeah. my cue to say that like you know playing against ten men is actually really mo- like a, just as difficult as eleven? It... Is that something that happens a lot? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay but
2: yeah so the question is is three and and a half half. over or under um yeah i i mean i'm taking the over but i'm actually not that confident because because the fact that we're traveling so far away and not knowing san antonio at all like it, it feels like that game could just be a wash it could just be a loss and like Honestly, I don't know if, like, it, it's going to suck because we want every point we can get right now, but, like, in that situation, I don't know what to expect. Like, it's, like, like it could be a blowout for all I know. Like, we could get there, and they could be, like, complete and utter garbage, and it could be, like, we're playing Indy 11 for all I know and, and, and stomp them, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll take the over. I think, if nothing else, this will be the last game of, like, the crunch that has been the August, sort of September push so I think if nothing else, Lily goes in and says, "We're we're walking out of here with at least a point." You shut it down and just play ten men behind the ball and get a point, and we go home. And it's I don't not think we pretty. Can shut it down. I, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and why would you, Is this Ernie and Dixon? I I mean, if you watch Ted Lasso, you know that uh, parking the bus can sometimes lead to counterattack goals. So you know. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anyone who didn't watch Friday's episode. So yeah, um, yeah, I think I think we 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 don't walk out of there with anything less than a point. Is is I think what I was getting at. I hope, but we'll see.
2: I like that confidence. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. <laughs> So that's what we think about the next two games. Let us know what you think, guys. We got to talk about the Premier League a little bit. So first of all, reminder once again, join the Mongols Fantasy League. As we mentioned, our buddy and yours, Golden Glove winner Danny Vittiello, is there. Uh, winners of the league this season will get some sort of cool Mongols swag. Uh, I am now pasting the join code right into our chat. So for those of you who are watching live um, – you know you can check it out uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. The link is there. Uh, it is also, the auto-join code is 5ROWT8. So get into the league, win the league. We got a Mongols jersey, we got hats, we got socks, we got, I don't even know. We got all sorts of stuff here. So we're going to give something away. Um, guys, uh, week three at the Premier League, Ronaldo... Back in red, which like that's wild. Is wild. Is is Ronaldo going to make a difference in United though? Like, be honest. Yes. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I think he makes a difference. I don't know how he doesn't make a difference. I don't know if I care that much about him (laughs) being there, but like, he's going to make a difference, and he's going to make them a lot of money on kit sales alone. (laughs)
0: Uh, I mean kit sales alone, yes, that will make a difference. But look, I mean, here's the thing. City bought Grealish and paid a hundred million in transfer. Messi goes to PSG on a free, Ronaldo goes to United for fifteen mil. Like, what is going on <laughs> in, in the transfer? Market. Can someone
2: explain what honor free really means? And this, like they're paying his set. Like, I don't understand. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't have a transfer fee. Sure. But like, what are they paying him? Like, do yeah. we know that? Because Well,
0: the, so the, the kicker is just how much does the team have to pay the other team that currently yeah. has his rights? So yes, assume, you're still going to yeah. pay a, you know, a ridiculous, whatever it is, however many hundred thousand a week to sign the player. But Ronaldo is getting about a half a million a week. Yeah. So, you know, nothing major. Yeah,
2: whatever. It's just pocket change <laughs> at this point. Like, they don't need more.
0: Like, they don't need money at all right now.
2: Like, they could just be playing for free and still live comfortably for the rest of their lives and so can their kids and their grandkids. So, like, who cares?
1: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, United, United was the only place Ronaldo could go in, in, in the newly fractured European club financial system. You think so? Yeah, PSG couldn't sign him because of Messi. They were already out of money, and they're trying to keep Mbappe and blah 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 blah. City was like interested, but they're like, all right, fine, no. Um, Bayern Munich, like, but wait wait, Mute- wait, wait,
0: did City actually say no, or was he snatched from them? No, they it felt they like passed. he was snatched from him they they passed um, I thought it sounded uh, like Ferguson got got involved and called up Ronaldo and said don't do that I mean look at this point united. it's all hearsay
1: right I mean the, the hearsay I heard the hearsay I say uh, was <laughs> was that city city offered him a, a little less money than united and and so he went to united but i mean literally like no other clubs could att- could afford him right chelsea maybe but but like no one, could, no one in Italy could. No one in Italy could afford him. Only Bayern Munich can afford him, and even at that, I think they've been financially responsible. Um, no one in Spain was, was going to afford him, especially Real Madrid looking at Mbappe. Fran- PSG was the only one in France that could have maybe done it, and and then you have the the you know United City and Chelsea in in England.
0: That was it. That was his only options.
1: He I mean, he are- could, he couldn't have gone anywhere
0: else. Are we seeing the realm where, you know, players like Messi and Ronaldo are getting to the point where, like, this is it? Like, they're, they're not going to go anywhere else because literally they've reached the peak of the money they're going to make. Yes, I mean, I know Messi talked about taking, like, a 50% pay cut to State Barcelona, and they still couldn't keep him. But I'm sure he doesn't have a similar allegiance to PSG. Ronaldo has no allegiance to anyone. I think this is sort of the swan song, like starting it United and finishing it United. So...
2: I mean, next stop, MLS. I mean, that's that's, that's I, all of them. I
0: mean, I'm surprised.
2: I, I Ronaldo, actually. I'm like, you know what? Retirement league. Time to go, yeah. buddy.
0: <laughs> Inter-Miami, man. Go, go with Beckham. I mean, honestly, yep. Ronaldo with Beckham, there's a move right there. So... It's gonna happen. Like I know you're shaking your
2: head, Kevin. Like, oh no! Like they're gonna end up in MLS. That's why, playing. Look,
1: they might end up MLS, but they'll, um, they'll end up in MLS at like 42. Like, yeah, Ronaldo. Maybe. Ronaldo like has made like he still wants to win a Ballon d'Or. Like he's not like he's not gonna do. It's that Nice to that want thing. things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm typing right next to the microphone, which I know is terrible. Ronaldo's 36 years old. Yeah. Messi is 34 years old. And they both end up still MLS younger before than 40. Me.
2: <laughs> before 40, they both
1: end up in the MLS. I bet you within the next three years, the I, only way they end up at MLS is like like 39 and a half. Like that's the, that's
0: the, I don't know, man. Look, how long do you think? Look,
1: United has have seen some, Ronaldo without a shirt. That's all I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> i
0: Uh, Yes, Yeah. uh, but listen, United... United. I was talking to a buddy of mine at work who's been a United follower since he was a kid. United have a deep squad. Like, I don't know... Excuse me, I don't know where Ronaldo fits in. And I don't know where Ronaldo fits in three years from now. Come on.
1: Like, this is Messi and Ronaldo, arguably the greatest players to ever play. And by the way, Ronaldo still, like, set Italian records in the past two, two years at Juventus. This guy isn't, like... Off his like he's slightly off his game, which at his peak was the greatest player ever. He'll he'll sc- Ronaldo will score. Ronaldo scored twenty goals this season and really really make United uh, title contenders without a doubt.
2: Okay, but there's one thing that you're not considering, and I feel like you keep on talking about how good they are, which great they're good. But I'm talking about how much money they're going to get, and what I'm saying is. MLS is willing to pay a lot of money to get these big stars in their, their league to to promote their league. So, like, yeah, they're like the fact that Ronaldo still has you know a a situation where he wants to achieve something. You're right; that makes him not likely to come to MLS. But as soon as it becomes a money only game, MLS is gonna be like, oh, sure, we'll pay a crap ton of money just to get a star in here so that we can sell a whole bunch of MLS kits. Like, it doesn't really matter about how good they are; it matters about how much money they want and it's going to come in a situation where mls doesn't really have all these issues with like player salary caps and all that crap because it's a designated player they're just going to pay a crap ton of money just to get their names in there so that way they can sell stuff
1: i will willfully admit i don't know the ceiling that mls clubs have at their disposal to play to pay a player salary like ronaldo or messi i i, I agree with that but my point comes back to the fact that there are, in my opinion, only four or five clubs in the entirety of Europe that he can even afford them to start with. That's what I'm like, does MLS really have that money? Are, 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 is an MLS club really going to pay Ronaldo $25 million a year? It's you not
2: know. an MLS club. It's the MLS because yes. it's single entity. It's right. all one giant club as far as money pool goes. Right. Like They can totally be like, hey, we're going to make up some BS rules like they always do about GAM and TAM and all these other allocations of cash be like hey the whole league just paid a crap ton of money to get ronaldo because they know that's going to make the league look better so they're just gonna pull their money and buy a giant player and it doesn't really matter about the club it goes he goes to because they're all paying for his salary i have learned something today That's
0: interesting well here's the other thing and i know i know your guys are both going to say like yeah of course but like if you're a league trying to argue for your legitimacy, what does having a 39-year-old Ronaldo or a 39-year-old Messi do for your image when they come and play? Because look, there are people that know soccer and then there's people that know like almost nothing about soccer. The people who know nothing about soccer know who Messi and Ronaldo are. They know those names. So like, I I don't know. I, know, I don't what, think it's what, a good move, point? but I... I, don't, I My point is, is that, like, I could see a world where MLS says, like, thanks, but no thanks. We don't want to pay you half a million dollars to come play for us, but... Mike, I, what, Ronaldo- I'm, being, I'm being too naive like it's not <laughs> Ronaldo- that would be like Ronaldo coming to play for the Hounds like that would never ever happen no, because like the two like Ronaldo would never come play for the Hounds and the Hounds would never pay for Ronaldo. Is there a world in that Ronaldo says I will never play an MLS or MLS says I will never pay for Ronaldo.
2: We had Zoltan in MLS like it's it's it, it takes a big name And there's very few big names anymore that I feel like Americans know. Like, that's why they paid a crap ton of money for Beckham, because Beckham was the biggest name in soccer. That's why they paid the biggest cash for Wayne Rooney, because Brain Rooney was a name that even Americans knew. So you actually need these players that people outside of the soccer sphere know because that's the only players that are gonna grant or give you more clout as a league for for Americans so like you need and, Ronaldo and the world well for the world yeah but honestly they're they're paying these this money for these old-timer players not because of wanting clout with the rest of the world they want American fans who are going to show up to games be like oh I've heard of Ronaldo I know that name I play FIFA like that's a big name like and that takes Wayne Rooney's and Beckham's and Zoltan's. Like, that's why they pay the stupid price for these players, even though they're not the greatest as they used to be. Ronaldo still is good. That's what I'm saying a couple of years from now. Uh, but, like, that's, that's the way it goes. So they're going to pay the big salary. They're going to pull all their money, buy the big player, throw them in one of the clubs that, you know, they want to go to. Like, hey, what city do you want to retire in? And that's the city that they go to. So that's why Miami will probably get one of the big players because that's, you know, a good retirement city. Uh, so, and Ronaldo that's- can just stand there.
1: Look, my, my point being, Ronaldo is the most followed person on social media, period. Yeah. More than Kim Kardashian, more than Kanye, more than whoever that hell. Ronaldo is the most followed person on the social media. He brings a huge audience with him. And so, if the, if I'm the MLS, if he scored five goals at United, and I got a chance to sign him after his contract, geez, sorry. <laughs> so I, really I was gonna like say that
0: storm's been going on behind you for a while. i <laughs> yeah, not watching that storm just drop you. off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're thinking it happens. This the, we went from like let's talk about Ronaldo at United to Ronaldo's coming to the MLS in a few years, guys. The other the other storyline, the big story. I think there's lots of storylines in the Premier League. First of all. I think every single year I forget about it, that the international break always just happens. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, we're just getting into the good stuff. And I feel like that this is the country's ways of saying like, no, 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 no. Don't lose focus on us. Like we know you're having fun, but we're going to take your players away. And I know (laughs) the league was trying to stop players from traveling because then because of COVID restrictions, they're going to miss the following week. Villa is running into that with two of their starters now who are going to be out. Um. so that's no fun. The other big storyline, Arsenal are currently in dead last. They will be playing against 19th place Norwich in two weeks when we come back for the best of the worst. Does anybody have any sympathy for uh, Mikel Arteta at this point? I no. That. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do. All right, I, t- tell me why, Kev.
1: Well, no, just because I...
0: I don't. I I don't. I
1: don't. Look, I'm not an Arsenal fan. I'm not deep into their fan culture, but it feels reminiscent to a time just after I started fol- uh, following Liverpool where it just like things just felt wrong throughout the entire club. Like it wasn't just the manager. It wasn't just the players. It wasn't just the owners. It wasn't just the like ownership structure or the like, should they have a sporting director or shouldn't they have a sporting director? Like if everything was just toxic and it's like, I don't, like, I don't know how they fix it I, I I honestly don't I don't think throwing cash at it is gonna solve it. I don't think switching managers is going to solve it. I don't particularly think Arteta is like the greatest manager but like I, I don't I don't know how they fix it so that's why I feel bad like because as an Arsenal fan pff, I, I have no idea what they I mean do. one of the
2: tried and things as uh, uh, someone who's been watching EPL for a while is like watching Arsenal fans just be viciously evil towards their club because they hate the people who own the club yeah. you know what i mean it's a situation where it's just I, arsenal tv is a meme at this point where you just watch <laughs> arsenal tv because you want to see a whole bunch of british people be really pissed off at their club <laughs> and it's just hilarious because they just are the most vicious i've ever seen like even as an everton fan like we're not the greatest club but like you see like you know the people's club and like they're very much into like you know the ownership and like feeling like the the club is with the city and blah, blah, blah. But like with Arsenal, you don't get that at all. Like the Arsenal fans are just like, this team is crap. This owner's crap. I hate everything about it. Like help us <laughs> like yeah. get us out of this hell. That's the way they always act. So like, I don't know. It's just more of the same from Arsenal as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, like with the Everett, like from the outside, looking in the Everton perspective, it seems like, like you guys, I, I don't really know how to f- like, "Quote unquote," fix Everton if fixing them would make them a top 14? I don't necessarily know what the answer to that is, but at least it feels like Everton, from the outside looking has a stable footing. Like it yeah. doesn't—it doesn't feel like you guys are sinking. It doesn't feel like anything's toxic necessarily. It just maybe the puzzle pieces aren't aren't working right now. We're um, not as it,
2: rich as the other clubs, so therefore we can't yeah. be the top four. It's yeah. it's a money's game completely with Everton. It's not a hearts and minds situation.
0: So where's, where was the, oh, there's Laura Ellen's, Laura Ellen's message that this is capitalism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> that was That's, about MLS, which is yeah, That said, was what MLS, it's it's about MLS. We're going to reuse EPL. it here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, I, I think part of, uh, not that I'm reveling in their misfortunes, and I look, we did the same thing about Man United last year, and they turned it around and ended up top four. So like, who knows what's going to happen here with Arsenal? What I hate to see is when decisions that are made that impact uh, young players' futures. So, you know, you have a player like Emile Smith Rowe, who, you know, I know so much about just because Villa went after him, and and Arsenal fought so hard to keep him, and they signed him to a longer-term deal, they gave him their number 10, they said, you are going to be our new creative guy, and now Arteta's out there trying to get Odegaard, or already got him and said he's a special player and he's going to he's going to basically play the number 10 role and push Emil Smith Rowe out of that position I mean, and it's last like and they played in the same starting 11 Smith- Yeah, like, but it but but Smith Rowe was not in the spot that it sounded like he was told he would have and it was just like no 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 we're going to we're going to spend more money and bring in somebody else and we're going to push you out wide and you're going to be happy about it and it's like sounds like you just wouldn't have this complaint if Phil
1: had Smith Rowe
0: uh yeah probably because like then they're not pushing these young look villa started a 17 year old as their central midfielder this week and he did fine so like yeah i'm i'm i listen i will say this i am very last year no no yeah, last year you guys tried talking me into being an Arsenal supporter. And I said, sure. (laughs) And one week later I came back. I was like, I'm going to change my mind, guys. I'm going to go with Villa instead. And you guys laughed at me. Um, But uh, I'm I'm still happy about it. I do want to say one thing because I
2: know Laura Ellen is listening. Uh, Everton played Brighton and uh, they won 2-0. And it was a fun game to watch. I'm sorry, Laura Ellen. (laughs)
0: As, as she also points out, it feels like Laura Allen's just on the show. We just need to have her on the show one of these weeks. I love how Mike went from no EPL team to 200% Phyllis support. Yeah, that's right. That's how, I, that's how I roll. You had to know this was going to happen. A few years ago when I started supporting Spurs, it was the same thing. And then they brought in Josie Mourinho, and I was like, I'm out. I am not doing that. How do you think this podcast started? We exactly. <laughs> we were, we're like from zero to. We don't have <laughs> a podcast about this team. Literally, Describe. Mike
1: went from
2: oh, what's what's USL to hey, let's start a website that has uh, like two hundred <laughs> people contributing and <laughs> podcasts and articles. Because he got into the Hounds one year.
0: (laughs) Dipped his toe
2: into the fandom.
0: It it all started because Kevin and I went to a Hounds game and were BSing the whole time. And we were like, we should just record this. And then Josh came along and was like, I've been doing this for years. And we were like, hey, want to do it with us?
1: uh that's we, we went to one game and just thought we know more about this than anyone else <laughs> we talk about it. who's the steel army <laughs> what oh my god that that
0: right there is the past like five years in a nutshell done yep. and done
1: we're frauds it's that's experience. right we are total
0: total frauds oh my gosh all right guys anything else for this one there's no epl this weekend But we got a Hounds game on Wednesday and we got a Hounds game on Saturday. Uh, Looking forward, Kevin, to you chatting with Harry. Hi, Harry. Saw you pop into the show here. Um, Uh, It's probably going to be a wet one. Just be warned right now.
2: Uh, Wednesday's game is looking like the weather is going to be atrocious. Hopefully it's just rain, no thunder. Because, yeah, it's going to be a downpour from the looks of it. So tailgate is probably going to be pretty much just tailgate zone this this week which is i don't know if you guys know what the tailgate zone is but the hounds are starting to do the tailgate zone where they just have food trucks because we're not going to have the grill it's a weekday game and it's it's probably going to be hurry up get into the stadium get undercover for a little bit and then as soon as our game starts you know let it rain let it rain
0: feels like the past few times we played in new york it's just been miserable wasn't it i think the last game was delayed wasn't it at msu sounds right Yeah. yeah yeah um Yeah, so bring your happens.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully the game happens because, yeah, I don't want to have a rescheduled game.
0: Agreed. Agreed. It'll be great to get out of this stretch. So next time we talk, one game a week only moving forward, which will be great. So, yeah. All right, guys. I think it's time to say goodbye. Thank you to everyone who joined us live. Thank you to everyone that listens. Make sure you go over to mongols.com. Click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. Weekly reminder, as always, that Black Lives Matter as we get to all of the sponsors. Thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer, and Custom Scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Com. tired of the same old uniforms of cookie cutter templates from nike and adidas looking for a unique completely custom kit for your youth club sunday league squad adult or even pro team icarus fc can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com looking for more great usl news head over to the bgn.fm where we've got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game lots of amazing features that go up on the site every single week Check them out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thank you, everybody. We will talk to you as always very, very soon. Cheers. Later. That was so weak, Kevin.